Well, welcome back to the uh, Angry Americans show, because it's always more than me. We are short one tonight. Uh, Sularu is otherwise engaged and not going to be here with us this evening. So um, filling his spot is going to be my good buddy, John Ammons. Uh, Yuari Gear, Alpha Charlie Concepts. Uh, been a friend of mine for years, actually, and makes some of the best web gear on the market, in my opinion. Um, but if you want some of it, it's going to be worse than waiting on one of my books. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> That's accurate. You, you, you stay back ordered. <laughs> and it's been a snowball of a perfect storm. Yeah. Well, as always, guys, guys we have uh, T with us with Mountain Readiness and uh, Emory Morgenstern with Prime Combat Training and Tactical Rifleman. So... And then John, of course. So, so what have you been up to, John? What's been going on in your world, man? Man, story of my life is get up, get coffee, make gear. Uh, at some point, eat dinner and go to bed. Maybe squeeze in a 30-minute workout and then do the same thing the next day all over again. Yeah, just grinding it out. Sounds like Find a time in between every once in a while just to work on personal stuff up at the, at the camp out place. And uh, that's it. Just life in yeah. general, you know. I can dig it, man. I can dig it. So you're you're tracking the news and goodies, I'm sure. Oh yes, you, unfortunately, you always are. Yeah. Watching the, you watch what's happening in Africa. That's starting to. There's about a to be a party over there, and it's going to be lit. It's going to be seriously lit uh, with with everybody talking about attacking Niger now. Um, and then those talking about helping defend Niger. So it's uh cards keep shifting more every day. And every day it's, mm, I don't particularly myself like the way it's shaping up, but. Oh, me neither. It's not going to be good. It's going to be a bad thing. Emory, are you tracking that at all? What's happening in Africa right now? You know, I, I haven't been focusing on Africa that much because there's been a couple other things that I've been spending a lot of time on. Uh, some of them, in the news, and some of them are uh, <laughs> some of our friends having trouble. No, oh, what so? What news are you watching? Well, there's a lot to track in Israel. Um, there, there is are, indeed. Uh, there One are, of these days, we're going to do a whole show on that. I want to talk about what's going on over there. Yeah, and maybe I can I can bring in somebody as well as a guest who you know who who knows that stuff even better. But that'd be uh, awesome. That's, that's easy. That, yeah, um, that'd be awesome. Let's do that. But yeah, there's. Let's make that you know, some of the stuff I have to track, uh, I'm not going to get into here. Uh, the reason being, um, some of us may have to be going on some trips. And when you go on mm. trips, you got to know what the hell you're getting into. I mean, yeah. your friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to do your research before you hit the AO, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is something, you know, it, it's interesting because we, we, we teach a class at Tactical Rifleman where we talk a lot about that. It's called high risk travel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was just talking to Carl about it today because he's sent his his wife and daughter out on a little vacation and and he put them through essentially the scholastic part of the class. And uh, and it's funny because now they're they're wanting to go and do their research. And that's kind of something we're big on is, you know, don't jump headfirst into a place. Oh, cool. I'm going to Euro Disney in France, whatever. Um, you better know your stuff there. Right. When you get there, you better know your contingency plans and your emergency plans and um, you know, be on the lookout, pick the right place, the right place to stay in the right, you know, that kind of deal. Change your route. All the things. So, yeah, all the yeah, things. There's, there's a lot that goes into traveling, even as, as just a civilian, right? That, so that's some of the knowledge we try to try to pass anyway. So what's, what's, uh, let's get into the Africa deal then. Yeah. Well, talk, well, before we do, since Sue is missing tonight, guys, tonight's giveaway, and I haven't exactly determined what the giveaway will be yet. Uh, actually, yeah, I just did. It'll be uh, one of the licensed places where we'll get away tonight. So nice. tonight's hashtag is a boy named Sue because he's not here and we're going to keep his memory alive. So you guys know the deal. Uh, put a boy named Sue and hashtag a boy named Sue into the comments and StreamYard <laughs> will draw the winner randomly later. So you can't pay attention to the spelling, your... guys. Pay attention, yes. to the... pay, pay, pay attention to the spelling. S-E-A-U-X for Sue. So, and let me see here. All right. But yeah, the Africa thing is going to be interesting. You know, uh, John, 
I know you're tracking it super close. Why don't you why don't you break down on, on where we're at on that? We'll talk about this for a few minutes and we'll talk about radio stuff because I see I see Corey is probably plenty, plenty of other people besides me that are more qualified to talk about it. I just Oh, we'll talk about it. I mean, we'll go together on it. Trust me. So basically you had a uh, a military coup in Niger. Yep. And Niger is a big supplier of gold, uranium, other stuff to France. France got mm-hmm. has he- heavy interest there, as does the U.S. Um, yeah. Yeah. France and the U.S. have been kind of saying we don't like this. Um, Niger saying we don't care. Yeah, there's been threats to go in and do stuff, and other Middle African countries have said, you know what, we're kind of tired of y'all's meddling. Um, if y'all do anything to Niger, we're backing them you're gonna have to deal with all of us and at the same time the two other big players that are all over africa is china and russia Russia. so it it, day by day it continues to grow bigger and bigger and that's all while you still got stuff going on crazy in europe there's potential there that if it goes kinetic on any level and we end up getting involved and Things could spiral really fast in bad directions. Yeah, Algeria went and met with Russia yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably going to be picking up Russian weapons, and they're back in Niger's play as well. So it's going to be, you know, with all the crap that's going on in Africa presently, in particular South Africa and all the stuff they're going through, it's, it's really the last thing the African continent needs is a large-scale war again at this particular time. Not that anybody ever needs one, but. Right. The African you know, continent in particular is pretty susceptible to that shit. I forget who it was, but some of them, one, one of them just come out today that they had sent an urgent request to Putin to send uh, more Wagner folks mm-hmm. down to help them. Yep. So yep. there's everybody's building up, everybody's doing the saber rattling, everybody's putting the cards on the table. And one of the things I think too many people forget about some of those other nations is they don't tend to do a lot of saber rattling. If they say something, it typically means they're going to, they're going to do it. They don't bluff a whole lot. You know, they don't talk smack. No. So, well, the the thing to remember though, too, well, two, two things really, right. One is Africa Mm -hmm. is plagued with this kind of stuff on like a daily basis. Right. So, um, you know, if you look at, I mean, what other continent has had a new country form in the last, you know, decade or two, right? Um, yeah, so, Africa's way ahead on that board. They're way yeah. ahead on that board. Yeah, so Africa, you know, that happens. And, you know, South Africa, uh, ever since the fall of apartheid, which is wonderful, that it fell on one hand. The other hand is South Africa is is now also tremendously suffered. So all the way from you know, from North Africa and Libya and everything, including Egypt, all the way down through South Africa is just a a complete mess. And part two that we have to remember is not many things in Africa happen anymore without a guiding hand from other places, right? Uh, And namely, in the last couple of decades, China and Russia. And it's been an ongoing thing. I want to make sure that at least our viewers are aware, right? That just because that's on the news today, look into it a little deeper because stuff didn't happen yesterday or didn't start yet. Yeah, this has been building up for a long time. So in Niger, for those that don't know, like uh, like John said, they were a French colony, for lack of a better term. They weren't governed by the French, but the French had a very heavy influence there. And the... Military deposed the the French leaning leaning president um, and installed a military junta for now, um, who's very Russia leaning. So, did they? I haven't seen. Did they uh, let the president go? Because they're talking about letting him leave the country, but then I heard talk that they weren't going to let him leave, and I don't know where he's at right now. I haven't followed up on it today to see. I I thought he did. I thought he did. I haven't okay, heard. So he got out. That's what I was curious about. That's another one of their kind of favorite things, you know, is is punishing the former guy. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's gonna. It's not looking too hot. And then Russia is hitting the. You know, they they stepped out of the grain deal in Ukraine and said any vessel approaching Ukrainian ports will be considered an armed combatant um, and treated mm-hmm. 
as such. And they're hitting the ports and the grain storage places. And yesterday they hit one of the grain storage facilities and the price of grain on the global market went up six and a half percent because of that one attack. They're thinking that they're not going to be able to get that deal up again. Um, damn it. And uh, start and shipping the, grain again. Ukrainians have been, uh, have been really ticking off the Russians, right? Especially this week, you know, yeah. uh, you know, five, five drone strikes in, uh, you know, in the heart of Moscow, that's, uh, that's, that's yeah. pretty serious business. Yeah. And, and, no. but you know, watching Ukraine, it's, it's, it's a couple of things. Number one, I know John, you're a big fan of stuff like this. These things here, it, it shows the importance and vulnerabilities of using these damn things. Um, and then what a commercial, like a DJI drone will do. For you. Um, those things are fantastic. You know, I have, I've had one for years. I've got a mini uh, that'll actually fit in my, in a mag pouch on my chest rig and stuff. So I can carry it in the field with me. Um, and I've played with it in the field, but seeing what those guys do with it and the fact that they do have auxiliary uh, uses to them um, has kind of changed the game for Ukraine. Um, you know, you're taking a $600 drone and destroying a million dollar piece of armor and equipment. So it's kind of crazy watching that. Um, you know, they do have a combination too, right? A lot of the low tech stuff they were using at yes. first until until gear started flowing in from, from other countries. Um, and, yeah. and they literally were ordering crap on Alibaba mm. or whatever. Yep. And, uh, uh, you know, and just kind of, and, you know, engineering, you know, clamps to just let go of the yeah. grenade or whatever. 3D printers and a drone, man. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. I mean, wow. They have mm. a combination, right? So they, they got the best of both worlds. So they got all the cheap ones that they can just get rid of. And if they get shot out of the sky, no big deal. Uh, and they also have, some incredibly high tech stuff going on there that we don't hear about. Uh, but it's uh, rest assured. It's there. I know. Oh, they've uh, got high end stuff for sure, but they're still using like their FPV drones. You know, those are super cheap, quickly made uh, little drones that they attach ammunition to and just fly it directly into it. And and looking at the triggers that they make for them is interesting too, depending on whether it's a, like an impact detonated munition or an electrically detonated munition. Uh, they'll make wire triggers that go out in front of them. And so it's really interesting watching how they're doing what they're doing. You know, just taking notes, just, you know, just taking it's, notes. It's not a thing. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, to follow up with what you're saying, I think how they're using the drones mechanically is fascinating. Yeah. Another really fascinating aspect is, is the tactics that they're coming up with because mm-hmm. this is crazy, right? Until the Ukraine war, we thought that war is over. And I don't mean there's never going to be a war again. I mean, we all thought that war is never going to look the same, right? And the yeah. crazy thing is, A, that is correct <laughs> to a large degree. But but the other side yeah. of that is this war in Ukraine incorporates, you know, I mean, down to the trenches, right? Going going down to World War I um, yeah. and, and, and through into the future battlefield where – you know, one of the big purposes of uh, some places sending them weapons is is to battle prove newer weapons, right? Oh, yeah. not even combat yet, and yeah. that's that's a big thing. You know, getting that stuff and figuring out what it does before my boys have to depend their lives on it. Absolutely, so yeah. You know, and and too, there's just talk, John. What do you do? You believe the the discussions that are taking place that that Putin's actually holding his professional army back? And that he's simply using conscripts and reservists and things like that and putting them through the meat grinder while he's still maintaining the bulk of his professional army. Honestly, I think there's something to that because as much as I'm no fan of the man, he's not an idiot either. And I've said like since the first week into it all that it looked to me like they were they were fighting a war of attrition. And they yeah. knew that they could win a war of attrition because at some point we're all going to run out of stuff that, you know, they're I mean, look at all the old stuff, the conscripts, all those people they've been throwing into it. Yeah. And now as they slowly start moving better people and equipment in, you see differences in the fighting. Just as an example, where the areas that they put Wagner in at, 
look at what Wagner did that like they were just mowing through areas and they were yeah. even bragging about doing stuff that, you know, in entire companies of, of Russians, regular conscript troops wasn't able to accomplish. Yep. So I think that was kind of the, the thing of, okay, when you actually see the, the, the higher end, more professional Russian military get involved, it, it's a different story. Um, my big question is, I do think he's probably holding the good stuff and the good people in reserve, but how much does he have of that in reserve, right? I mean, there's, there's no way yeah. that I, you know, I could find out. So I don't know. I, I still think it's it's a war of attrition thing and looking at what us and NATO have been throwing at it. The reports coming out about what our own stocks are looking like and not looking like, knowing people that are in who are quietly able to say, yeah, we've got some supply issues right now for ourselves. I don't know. I don't know. It's well, and, you know, right now, Russia, for the first time, is being supplied by its allies. Right. Which in history or or at least in current history, you know, in the last 40 years, Russia has been providing arms to all of its little proxies and all of its little tentacles. Mm -hmm. Right. And their little buddies. And Mm -hmm. and now the table has turned a little bit. And and by the way, it doesn't mean that Russia is super in trouble and they're going to run out of stuff. Uh, It is a possibility. And, And I agree with you, John. Putin is not a stupid man. Nope. Also, we have to remember he's not a military man. He is a KGB man. Right. And, right. Uh, and when you look at the, the psychology, right, and I'm, I'm certainly no expert, right, but I observe things. And when you look at the psychology, the psychological differences, right, the, the personality makeup between someone from that world specifically the kgb right uh not just intel uh you know he's got to run the war and one of putin's big problems right now is he's smart as hell but because he lacks specifically a military background and because his all his generals and all the people up close to him they're yes men right they're afraid of him and and so putin has had to since the first day of the war essentially he has had to make colonel and lieutenant colonel Mm -hmm. level decisions about things happening in the field that you know that that he shouldn't be making right a president of one of the biggest nations on the planet uh, certainly militarily right cannot be making colonel level decisions on which grid to to bomb right yeah you you can't do that Sure, which so, which weapon systems to employ for a certain target or what have you. And I had that that note up there a second ago about us sending civilian weapons to Ukraine because there was just a bust in Miami uh, yesterday, I yep. think it was, uh, where they mm. caught a bunch of, uh, you know, ARs, you know, all semi-automatic stuff. But there was a bunch of handguns and a bunch of rifles and ammo and stuff that was supposedly headed to Ukraine via somebody uh, and customs seized it in Miami. So... Not sure exactly what that was about, but but that was in the news, and that's why when I saw that that message there, I wanted to put that up, that comment, because it is happening. Going back to what Henry was saying, so one of the things that I think that Putin initially had a problem with in the early stages was exactly what you're saying. The, The Russian military and Russian military leadership has been so corrupt for so long that he had a bunch of yes men that were just telling him what they thought he wanted to hear. And not I think that still happens to a degree. Truth of like, happens. yeah, but not necessarily telling, hey, yeah, no, um, like we've had privates freaking pulling the armor out of the bags on the side of our tanks and selling them on the black market. Um, or so, no, no, or no, I sold all my diesel, sold diesel fuel for my unit before they deployed, and now I don't have right. diesel to put in my Armor case. battalion's all good. We're ready to fight. Well, no, not exactly. So I, I think <laughs> he suffered from a lot of that early on. They found out, oh, my God, we're, we have problems. But I think he started weeding a bunch of that out, which is why yeah. you kind of started seeing things shift a little bit. He's been sacking a lot of officers, that's for sure. Right, you know, and the and Ukraine, Ukrainians have done fairly well at killing the shit out of Russian officers too. They've they've been stacking those up. But I want to go back to so I don't remember if it was Emory or John. One of you two said it, and and uh, T 
tee, you don't have to be a mute up there. You know, this is a participatory sport. It's not a spectator sport. <laughs> I'm just, you know, just so we enjoying you. I'm enjoying all you experts on this is what it is. You guys you know an expert a whole lot more. You know what expert means on the When you break the word down, yeah. ex, previous, or former, and spurt, short burst of energy with no staying power, nobody wants to be that. <laughs> Man, isn't uh, that anybody 45 or over at this point in the game? No. Sure. And that's yeah. an Alan Kay. I'm just going to admit it. There's not a lot left. <laughs> well, I'm going to – we're going to segue into something else that goes along with this. But one of you two earlier mentioned about we were talking about the professional fighting force and and their ability mm-hmm. to fight versus what the conscripts and the penal units that were there and how they reacted, which is typically to run away at first contact. Um, so you have a difference between professional soldiers and and those that are pressed into service, you know, conscripted. And here in the U.S. We're starting to see a lot of articles right now coming out of the left in particular about we need a a draft. The military is not meeting their recruiting goals and stuff like that. And so the left is starting to call for a draft. And we're going to take a quick break to to, uh, show you guys a mountain readiness promo because mountain readiness is coming up in October. And after we come back from that, we're going to talk about draft here in the U.S. for a minute. Hey, folks, this is T, and this is Mountain Readiness. doesn't matter what the event is that, that makes this thing go pop. It's, uh, it's going to be water, shelter, fire, food, security. That's it. That's what you need in a nutshell. So the, the website is live, correct, T? You are selling tickets now, so... You guys, yes. go grab your tickets and, and meet us up at uh, the Van Hoy Family Campground in Harmony, North Carolina, October 20th and 22nd for Fallout. And this is a family-friendly event this time, correct, T? We're gonna have trick, yeah, we're going to let the kids trick-or-treat yep. the campsites and do all kinds of stuff. We're going to have a costume, costume party. We're going to try to get yeah. some bands in there and uh, mingle and, and uh, the classes we're going to keep we're going to add some more classes check out the website go down through there we've got we've got different uh, classes up we're going to add a few more but we want this more to be a hangout and fellowshipping with like-minded individuals right. is what we're focusing on on this one that's and by the way sue i see just just threw a message in there for emory if you didn't see that emory yeah, right there you go. I soil this spy. Sue, yeah. you have no idea what I'm doing to your spot. <laughs> oh, so you know. All right. Man. And that's for another that's for the after show. By the way, the this, show, is, yeah. this is single-handedly the most uncomfortable chair I've ever sat in. Just FYI. So thanks, buddy. <laughs> You know, you're not supposed to sit on the saddle horn, right? You know, like, it's not. Like, what? The floor was dirty. I flipped the chair upside down. I don't. I flipped the chair. <laughs> and, then, and then it all went downhill. Oh, yeah. Family yeah. Chair. But, it, family chair, yes. but back to what I said before. So, you know, the United States has always had a professional military. I mean, we've had drafts there in Vietnam, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, but World War II. But we've always, since that period, maintained a professional fighting force of all volunteers. And that's been a measure pride for the U.S. that we're able to do that. But now because of what they've, they've destroyed the military, you know, they've destroyed the culture of the military, which I don't think those morons realize how important the, the military culture was. They say there is no such thing as a warrior class and there shouldn't be and that everybody can go do this, um, which we all know that's BS because not just anybody can go do that shit. Um, so so what do you think the odds are, T, of 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 a draft being reinstated um, and what you think good or bad, if they should do it or not. Man, a draft, a draft right here in the good old US of A again. Is that what we're going with? That's what I'm talking about. Dude. The left Democrats are starting to put out all these opinion pieces and editorials and things saying how we need a draft. That we need yeah. a draft. And I get it. Is there really, is there really anyone who's, who's, how many draft Dodgers will we end up with at that point? That's my question. How many Clintons will we end up with when that when that comes comes uh, if it actually happens? I don't I, I don't keep up as much on the worldwide news, but I will say that 
between the stuff going on in the UK, the Ukraine and Russia, uh, now this with Africa and, and the world is a powder keg. And so at what point does the fuse burn out and this whole thing blow up all the way across the board? I, I just don't realize, I don't understand how it hasn't happened um, with as much as going on conflict wise throughout the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's well, look, pretty much everywhere. I, I have some stuff for that because look, first Go. of all, you know, I think a lot of us, uh, especially in the prepper community and that kind of thing here in the States are thinking a little two dimensionally about how things evolve these days, right? And a kinetic meeting between nations is, you know, they try to keep it far away, right? Everybody tries to keep it far away because, because everybody loses in that until somebody wins and then their economy kind of flips afterwards. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. But during the war, everybody's losing. Uh, and it's, it's whoever runs out of, uh, out of their resources first is typically, you know, I mean, that'll, that'll be a reason to lose even if you're tactically superior and strategically superior, if your reserves, if your ability to produce things and to uh, mechanize things from one place to another, uh, once you run out of that option, you're screwed, right? So, mm -hmm. so that's why proxy wars have become such a, such a huge thing, uh, especially with communications being what they are today, right? It's easy yeah. right now to send information uh, semi-privately right? Uh, mix it in among all the rest of the noise and it's hard to find. And, uh, and, and it's easy to send messages and, and set things uh, in motion from far away immediately, right? So that's, that's a thing. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I don't think that we're going to be seeing World War II reincarnated soon. Uh, I don't and think it'll be that, but you know, they, they put out a head. yesterday, yesterday, I think it was where they said, <clears throat> One or thirty-four percent of Americans support sending troops in Ukraine, um, and then we see this start seeing pieces about the dr uh, draft, how we need a draft because they want so bad to go to war against Russia. And 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 John is an army guy. What do you think about a draft? Like the potential possibility so, of reinstating uh, Here's my thing, and you'll have to kind of use your own extrapolating thoughts on this. <clears throat> Last time we had a draft was. Vietnam era. And that's when, you know, one of the people that you've actually met that that I'm a big fan of was my uncle, who was yep. a ranger in Lurps in Vietnam. Yep. You've met him. Awesome guy. Um, if you think about the caliber of those people that were drafted then, even though a lot of them didn't want to be drafted, those guys then, and then think about the general overall population right now, the country, and the people that will be drafted. And, and not only for obvious reasons, but just the, the mental mindset. Think about the quality of public school education in the last 20 years. Right. And well, I, I would I would call it the the mental fragility of these people because that's what we're basically talking about is mentally they're so friggin' fragile. When you um, can have your mother call your drill sergeant and ask to yeah. take it easy on you, yeah, we got a yeah. serious problem. We got a severe <laughs> issue, right? When you get a yellow right. card, well, I can't believe that. Basic. I can't believe that they would even. And maybe that's what they want. Maybe that's what they want is is a bloodbath because that's exactly what it would be. Well, yeah. you know, there's two things. A, I agree with you, T. I agree with you. But I think also, and this is something Israel suffers from, this is something all Western countries suffer from. Two factors. One is we over-depend on technology. When you mm -hmm. over-depend on technology, man, you are screwing your fighting force. Uh, you know, the second that technology doesn't work out in one place, and we all know anybody who's been, you know, operational anywhere knows what's the first thing that happens to you when your foot steps off that helicopter. Your comms go out. Anything electronic goes out. Why? Murphy. That's why. Yeah. So, right. So we are. So that's problem number one is we're too dependent on technology. The reason we are too dependent on technology is because Western militaries care so much about losses. 
we don't want losses. We want to end the war as quickly as possible, and we want to end it with the fewest casualties on our side as possible. Mm-hmm. That's not a way to win a war, guys. That's a good thing to want to have happen, but that's not how you cannot plan a war around that. If you plan a war around saving the lives of your guys, I'm not saying don't consider it, right? But that's why Russia is doing well. Uh, and I think here we're getting a wrong picture too, right? What the news is telling us here is Ukraine's doing awesome. Ukraine's doing awesome uh, all the time. They are considering their circumstance, uh, but I don't think they're doing as well as we're being told they are here, right? And I think a lot of that reason is because Russia as a country, I'm not even talking about the individual soldiers, uh, which there's a lot of, but, but Russia as a country, Russia, uh, Russians as a personality uh, can be very cold and ruthless right, through the ages and still today. Uh, and, and that's what a fighting force needs, period. Right. Then you blow can your, add blow your grain silos up, right? Blow your grain silos up. I mean, that's great, great strategy and more. Yeah, well, because when you, you know, it's it's like the old saying, you know, amateurs talk tactics, rank amateurs talk strategy, but professionals talk logistics. Because, um, mm. you know, you've got to be able to feed these people and equip them, you know, and that even goes for <clears throat> us in our positions with groups and, and preparing things. Is Logistics isn't sexy or fun, but it's a necessary, far more necessary than a lot of the other stuff people worry about when it comes to this. Um, it is logistics and infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, I put them in the same thing because right, you know, right. one is relying on the other. So well, uh, let me add something that people don't think about very often. I've been in this position as a door kicker, not, you know, some big decision maker, which I never was right. Sitting in some office uh, underground somewhere. But uh, I have been in positions. I've been on on missions, what we call missions. It's bigger than, you know, a team of guys go in. Right. It's like when we go in and and, you know, take over Gaza and that kind of stuff. I've been on things like that where the government couldn't make up its mind on what exactly the mission is. What is the objective? You can't send soldiers in and say, well, you know, go hang out there a little. Okay, you took over this neighborhood. Just hang tight for a minute. You can't do that, right? You got to let the military do what the military knows how to do. And that's move forward and to the plan. Yeah, just break shit and kill people. That's what the military does. That is a big problem that all Western countries are facing now. Uh, And, you know, I'm I'm certainly pro-democracy, obviously, but we also have to understand what some of the drawbacks are, right? Some of the drawbacks are we get so much arguing inside of a democratic uh, government that sometimes that can stop uh, giving a military or a military unit their objective. And that's every bit as big as John, you're a hundred, you know, the, the whole logistics thing, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But, uh, but yeah, there's, you know, there's so many factors and these are things that, that Putin's actually got down pretty well. And right? he's good at that. He just yeah, doesn't have enough. It, it goes back to the idea of a war of attrition. I mean, the, the simple numbers don't lie. And, you know, on that same note, so to tie in the Russian thing back in just real quick to, uh, to Africa, what we were talking about, Chris. Yep. I was thinking about this the other day, and I find this highly ironic that we, we've had this flip-flopping of leadership in various African countries, right? And let's just be honest. A bunch of them down there are ones that either us or France, NATO countries have put into power, right? Yep. But now all of a sudden you've got Russia and China coming in and they're influencing people to put people they want in power in power. Yep. And it's literally a role reversal of Russia and China are now doing to us the same thing we did to them through the Cold War. Yep. Same thing. Same exact thing. And and, 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 they, and they've realized it and they realize now, that, you know, that now is their time to make their play. That we'll we'll never be more, never have been this vulnerable, and never probably will be again, hopefully, uh, than we are at the moment because of what Biden has done to the the, the country as a whole. Let's um, let's go back though before Biden, right? Because uh, you oh know, no, it goes yeah, it goes. Way I, I don't past like him. Biden as, as you know as much as anybody else doesn't like Biden, but uh, you know one of the things we have to realize. Let's go back to Trump a second. Uh, and, and this is not a pro or anti-Trump anything. This is just, here are some actions. There are a lot of things that he did that I agree with. Uh, but for example, saying, hey, look, we're, 
you know, if if you're not America's business, then we're getting out. Right. And and we don't want to just have tentacles wasting money places. I have a, a severe issue with that. Not in concept. The concept I agree with 10,000%. What I disagree with is you cannot just pull out of places. You cannot just pull aid out of places. I'm not talking about Iraq and Afghanistan, right? I'm talking about other places that we had mm, more under the surface aid, right? And you can't just pull out without destabilizing and creating a vacuum, mm-hmm. right? Well, how did this come to be? Yeah. Power hates a vacuum. You know, power will always fill a vacuum in one variety or another. Let's uh, let's take a quick minute. We're gonna. So, for those of you that don't know, we do another show right after this on Rumble called uh, On the Rocks, and that's a little freer discussion. We talk about shit over there we can't talk about here. So, we're gonna run a quick promo for that. We'll be right back and, and pick this up. Keep running with politics in America is like traveling down the highway. If you're in the left lane and being passed on the right, you are the problem. <laughs> I love yes. those things. They're so good, man. That's just great. That's just He's great, such man. a good voiceover, it. dude. But, but no, That's... you're right. Power hates a vacuum. So some power is going to fill it, whether it's the local warlord Steve or, you know, another nation state stepping in. Yeah, Xi Jinping or Putin, whoever. They're going to step how, in. How did ISIS come to be? How did... How, not not how who sparked the idea, right? Yeah. But how did ISIS actually gain power? Right. The the reason they gained power is because of the way Obama pulled us out of Iraq at the time, right? Yeah. Uh, and left behind the stuff, uh, left behind tons of vehicles, tons of weapons. Sound familiar to anybody? Right? Yeah. Um, Rinse you know, and, and what happened? I remember the first week. I remember watching drone footage. I remember why I was living in Israel at the time. I remember watching drone footage of a convoy of, you know, I don't know the exact number, uh, you know, a dozen or, you know, two dozen little technicals, little vehicles yeah. Yeah. Uh, racing across the desert in Iraq. Uh, and by the way, uh, you know, and there's an, uh, an, a U.S. jet in the air going, all right, you know, let me do this. Let me push a button. Let me push a button. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Obviously, I don't know pilot talk. And uh, and no, they they didn't get a green light. Right. ISIS could have been squished when there were like 50 guys and everybody knew about it. America knew about it. Everyone knew we could have done something, but the politicians didn't let it happen. Right. And so we created a power vacuum. We did that. And, and then we wouldn't do anything about it. And that's the problem with our current administration is, you know, they create things, whether they know that they're doing it or not. And then they don't take the right action afterwards. Well, and it's almost like they don't consider the third, second, third, fourth order effects from this stuff. You, exactly. You know, I mean, uh, it's or like their carver matrix is fucked up and they're not thinking these things all the way through. What'd you say, John? I said, or do they? Or yeah, or, or yeah, this this may be all their goal. And and somebody in the comments mentioned about how this is all leaning towards like the one world government thing. And it is. That is definitely the direction that they're trying to take this stuff. Um like I said the other night, you know, Ukraine has a digital currency and digital ID now that was implemented there by USA. They came in and said, oh, we'll set this up for you. So it's what they want. You know, our central bank digital dollar is, is you know, a thing now. And it's only going to be time before they start pushing up the digital IDs. And and I think that it'll be the, the left will be the ones to push it, of course. And they're going to use elections as their reason to get more people to buy into it, saying that this will make our elections secure. You you know, we'll have 100 percent verifiable IDs, digital IDs, uh, and that's how they'll get people on the right to support it, because they'll, they'll say it's going to make the election safer, which I don't believe that for a second. They're, they're still going to scam it one way or another. Um, just my personal opinion. Tell you what, you know what, can I can I take a step back a second to a couple of questions ago? There's yeah. something that came to mind that I really I've been waiting for a few years to say this to the public on the Internet. So here we go. I've been saying this to and, and uh, you know, you guys that know me well know that I've been saying this for years. Uh, one of the ways I think that we can not solve, but help uh, to correct what's going on in our country. I'm um, going back to the draft thing is not a draft, but what what I think is 
we need to have mandatory military service. If I were the king of America, and I say that that way for a reason, if I were the king of America tomorrow morning, when you turn 18, boy, girl, gay, straight, I don't care what, you are going to do community service. And it, the military is not for everybody. I get that, right? But first of all, tip the, the typical number is about three quarters of any military force is non-combat arms. Right. So there's plenty of stuff that's not fighting. Uh, but mm -hmm. when you join a body like that, then you start, you know, you serve your even if it's minimal, even if it's just a couple of years, you start understanding when you get out that there's a much bigger picture than me wanting to stay and play my PlayStation at home. Right. There's a much bigger yeah. picture than what I want, what I think that I need. Um, and you're out helping. Right. And if the military is really not for you and, and it's this way in Israel, too, right, there are other programs that are approved that you can do instead of a military service. Right. My little sister, which is still a bone I pick with her on occasion, but, you know, she's one of those personalities. She is not right for any sort of military thing. Cool. What did she do? She went into uh, uh, working for uh, like two years at a uh, like a halfway home for for, you know, children who are neglected and that kind of stuff and, and drugs. And right. So if you think about it, right, if we did something like that, I think our biggest problem in America, other than politicians, which is the problem everywhere. Yeah. Our biggest problem right now is that we, the people, cannot see eye to eye on anything. Right. And. And, and that's horrible. And that's happening all over the planet. And I think the politicians are making best use of it. And so by creating a system in which our kids, by the way, this will make our kids do much better in college, right? Now that mm -hmm. they've gotten a little more maturity and a bit no, of- a, no, Yeah, it'll make them better all the way around because they are going to get that, that dose of responsibility early enough in their lives for it to take hold, not wait until they're 30 years old to get responsible about something. Exactly. Exactly. So you're not wasting your parents' college money, right? Yeah. On on partying and and getting laid and whatever. Cool. Okay. Everybody wants to have fun when they're a kid, but uh, but go do something and be a part of something. Be a part of something that matters. And while you're doing that, you will be part of that melting pot, that social melting pot that takes from every piece of society, right? And I think that's a great way to get people to start communicating again. Right. Make every make America a team again. How's that? Yeah. And that's exactly why it won't happen here anytime soon, because those type of people cannot be controlled. Correct. Yeah. Well, Correct. any change, any change takes time. Any change takes yes. time. But uh, and that and that's actually exactly why also I'm, I, I started by saying if I were king of America. Yeah, right? I'm very glad we don't have a king, but um, this, you know, some I don't know. I don't know. Man, like, you got my vote. You got my vote, Henry. Let's <laughs> make him. I, yeah, I, I believe that a mandatory Sounds period like a of service would be a good thing. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Um, no, you, know, I you have to do something, and you shouldn't be able to buy your way out if you come from a family with money or whatever. Definitely not. This is mandatory <laughs> service, and and there could be options. It doesn't have to be the military. It can be something else, but it needs to be a community service for two years you know yep. absolutely i agree with that one um there are examples of where it didn't work by the way like oh yeah I'm, I'm lots of france yes <laughs> yeah the, the french haven't been exactly stellar on that end yeah no they canceled it they canceled their military service their mandatory yeah. service because i know plenty of people who are like oh yeah i was in the army you know french guys I was in the army. Oh, really? What'd you do in the army? I swept sidewalks for two years. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. John, you're being awful quiet, man. Oh, just in, enjoying the conversation. I'm not going to spoil it, but that last comment that you put up, that that's actually somebody I know. And uh, he's a pretty doggone smart feller. He just sometimes pretends that he's not. I have to, uh, Tell you Which about it. Your freedom, your freedom comment that you put up. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That, that's somebody yeah, I the obligatory service one. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. about him him later. We'll but, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's funny he said that because you know the, the military just DOD just came out and said that <laughs> the, the the trans service members can, you know, 
defer deployments um, and all kinds of stuff. They they don't have to. They can be in the military, but they don't have to participate. I guess is right. one way to look at it. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. If we had to do a draft, think about yeah. who's going to be getting oh, yeah. put in there, and and think about the different dynamics between the current draft pool and the last draft pool in the Vietnam. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's it's very 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 different. Um, it would not bode well. I I, I don't. Don't believe. You know, it was like when, when we were growing up, we're all fairly close to age. I mean, Emory's, you know, a few years younger than us as a whole. Stop but, but well, uh, what's he like, 22 or something? Yeah. Oh, I like you, John. I like you. It's been on. It's been on. There's 22 hey, years. He, he don't have any white in here yet, so he can't be that old. Oh, man. It's I've been hanging out because every time I hang out with Sue, I get like six new white hairs. I rip them out, though. And all right. All right. I was. Thinking maybe just for men or something. Do you just is it a just for men thing? Does yeah, that mean it? I did that once. Don't don't do that shit. You'll regret it. Trust me. Don't do don't actually, melt it. Just for bear juice. Just for, just for bear juice. <laughs> it's very exclusive. Uh, <laughs> I, how do you I say that in awesome. uh, I joked but, about that one time and I thought my wife was gonna come unglued. So nope. Fine. Yeah. I but what I'm thinking was you guys remember you know, when you're younger, you'd get asked like, "What are you gonna do with your life? What are you gonna you know get a job? You know, you get what are you gonna do? What are you gonna And you look at these kids today; no one's pressuring them into that kind of thing because they can't figure out what what gender they are until they're thirty. You know, um, so the damn sure can't determine what they want to do with their lives. And I read a lot of the leftist stuff they put out, and I can <laughs> tell you now that they're all hoping for their their fantasy. Um, communist revolution that's going to take place here and they have discussions about like what their jobs will be after this glorious mm-hmm. revolution not a single one of them ever says anything like work in the fields you know or any kind of manual labor it's always librarian uh interior designer for the proletariat yeah, lots of librarians starbucks, starbucks barista. Shit like that. It's, it's all stuff like that um <laughs> where they think that they're not because, you know, because they were part of the revolution. They're not going to have to participate in the physical labor side that is required to keep the country going. That's that will be our punishment is how they look at that. That They will make us do that work while they can all sit around um, and do nothing, which isn't working out so well for us right now. Because I saw a, uh, a, a stat earlier today that Q3 borrowing by the Treasury 2023 will be a trillion dollars for 90 days. But one quarter. Wow. So and they're the, obviously the, able to borrow money because not enough taxes are being paid because not enough people work and do shit to pay taxes. But that you know, same group pay. you're talking about, Chris, that they still fail to realize too that in every revolution, every communist socialist revolution that's ever taken place like that, after it's done, who's the very first group of people that's gotten rid of? All the revolutionaries are put against the wall because if they were if they did it once, they'll do it again. They'll do it again. So they'll so have them up against them. It's usually What's that? the Jews. It's usually the Jews. Well, you guys are always the ones that start the shit. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, well, it's, like, not, it's not our fault so we're smart. My, my youngest son, my youngest son's 22 going on 23. And he darn near can't stand to be around people his own age. He 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 would much rather hang out with older people than than people his own age because they drive him absolutely batty. And I know it's part my fault for the way I, you know, my wife and I raised the boys and educated them and everything. But it just drives him nuts. He comes home every day from work and is just telling me just like it it it's a struggle every day for him not to just want to choke people out for their stupidity. Oh I, I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. Like Vincent right. Prepper here in preparedness says <laughs> You know, people have to have blood in the game. They've got, they, they have to, they, they've got to have something at, at risk, you know, essentially, you know, for them to take it serious. And, you know, they're, they're doing, doing everything they can to destroy patriotism, which is crushing the voluntary enlistment into the service to the point that now they're saying, oh, shit, now we got to start forcing people to do this because, you know, they don't like men they don't like masculinity they don't like the warrior culture because we do have a very deep warrior culture in this country and that's something that scares the shit out of the left 
And so they're doing everything they can to demonize it and, and get rid of it. Um, but again, they don't consider second, third, fourth, fifth order effects of things. And so that's why you start to see these articles. And if you pay attention, you'll see these articles on the draft. They're popping up everywhere. Um, and it's interesting. How you know what? Trying to I think, it. Chris, I think you just set me up for like the perfect pitch. So I appreciate it because I would like it. to pitch something. I'd like mm-hmm. to pitch something. I, I'm not a big self-promoter, but. Um, Do it. That's like what you're here for. Yeah, but you know, I, I would like to pitch. We got a class going on that I need to put some more asses in seats. And it is not this coming weekend. It is the next weekend. It is August 12th and 13th. And it is a class called Gun Runner Pistol. And uh, I'll, I'll describe it a little bit. It's a new class that my good friend Chad and I designed. And uh, the idea of, the idea is when you go to training, right? When you go to a class and I'm talking about good classes, right? Not, not your NRA people classes. Um, what happens there is you receive knowledge and you practice it a little bit and then it's on you to go home and work it out and train it into your subconscious, right? So you're learning a bunch of new skills, going home, not owning those skills, but you own that information. Hopefully if the instructor did a good job and you were paying attention. So we got sick of that. And what we want to start doing at Tactical Rifleman, and that's why we're introducing the gun runner concept, is, is to have classes where you go and you get your reps, right? So we learn a skill. We're starting at, at zero, but I guarantee it doesn't matter what level shooter you are, this class is for you, right? This one focuses on pistol only and uh, you could, whatever pistol you got, and we are going to do a skill, deep, deep dive, deep dive into the the core principles of each skill and then do reps and reps and reps, right? Cool. We're going to do just this and we're going to do three mags of nothing but this. So the class is two days. It's designed to be essentially boring in my language, uh, right? Because you're getting that repetition, but you're getting that repetition under a microscope. You're doing it correctly so that you're not going home and messing up your dry fire and getting the wrong things inserted into your subconscious so it is august 12th and 13th it is at montgomery county shooting complex uh right outside Mm -hmm. of clarksville Tennessee. and if you want to sign up guys go to tacticalrifleman.com it's m-a-n at the end there it is tacticalrifleman.com go into the uh, store tab and then you will find that class down there towards the bottom yeah, and I, 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 I've taken several classes. I don't know why I can't talk tonight. Um, I've taken several classes with Carl and and the instructors, Emery and and Z, Chad, all the guys that teach over there. Uh, Chad Mormon, I was talking about, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but they're fantastic instructors. Um, they're some of the most fun classes I've ever taken, uh, and you also learn a lot. You know. No one likes to spend money on training, but but when you get with a group of people like this, and, and then, too, the students that come to these classes are always awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I see a lot of the same faces. I have made friends just by attending these classes. And so I can't stress enough the value of training. And Carl is and, and Emery, you know, Rosin, those guys, they're fantastic. Uh, Z, you know, all of them. And I can't recommend them enough. And you need to go do it. Um, Thank you, you need to go train. <laughs> Corey, kiss my ass. Um, you, you need to get out there and train. You know, you can have all the cool guy stuff in the world, but unless you run it and like Emory was talking about, get the reps in because that's what matters. Um, you might look good on a range, but then you're going to fall the hell apart when the pressure gets at it. You know, T, get your stuff together because I owe you. I owe you big time. And I want to bring that up too. We, this year is kind of funky. And I know you're super busy because you've got all this other stuff going on. And we will definitely get together. I want to try to set up a class for you here. So maybe you can come hang out with me and Amber. And then yeah. we'll do our thing. And then we'll have you a class already set up. So you thought we, we can get a little coin rolling in your pocket. And then we do another class right then. Just back-to-back classes. Um, I'm all about it. But I definitely want to get as well. Yeah, yeah, pick some dates and let's start promoting that shit. I'll come up. Let's do it. Too. Let's do it. Yeah, let's, man. let's make that happen. Yeah, let's John, have, let's you gonna you gonna come up to North Carolina and, and do uh, 
mountain readiness with this man? You really should. I know you're busy as hell. I want to. I just got to look and see what I can work in because just with with being so far behind and stuff, it's hard to break so basically, away. Let me basically just bring your bring your equipment up with you, and then you can just sit in a booth and you can work <laughs> just while you hang out. You know, everybody walk by, say hi to you, stuff like that. Maybe we can find Excuse you me, some sir, cheap labor. Huh? Yeah, that'd, that'd be nice. Get him some cheap labor thrown there. You know, maybe. Maybe some Sally Struthers, you know, some of the, some of the kids she had working for her. I don't know. All right, guys, if you haven't got your your hashtag uh, a boy named Sue in for tonight, uh, do that real quick because we're going to do this draw in here in just a minute. Like literally, I'm going to give it one minute for anybody who needs to put it on. A uh, boy named Sue, and like I said, that'll be for a license plate, and uh, we'll get that shipped out to whoever wins it. Um, and then we're going to be doing the on the rock show. That's only through Patreon. That's why I didn't throw the link on there. That's through Patreon. We do it on Rumble, though, so that we don't have issues. But you can join it for a dollar, guys. It, it doesn't matter. And there's something cool fixing to happen on my Patreon. Um, now that Book 12 is essentially done, it's I'm tweaking a couple things, but I think tomorrow it's going to the editor. Uh, I'm going to start writing another story on my Patreon page. And I'm going to put up the first part of it tomorrow or, or maybe Friday. and the beginning of it, it's a choose your adventure. I'm going to give you two beginnings and you guys will pick the one you want. And that's the one we're going to run with. So, yes, Egghead, essentially done. Not completely done. Essentially done. All right. You, you know guys have gotten your. Gotten, what's that? You know what I'm waiting for in book 12, right? <laughs> <laughs> we we, we got to talk. We got to talk. It's, it's, it's not yet. Um, but it's coming. I'm waiting on somebody to show up with some cool gear in the book. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm you never know, man. Well, you they, never know. But let's do this giveaway real quick. With it, so. But it's on back order. It's <laughs> but yeah. hey, you know, they have two years, years of waiter. Morgan, maybe maybe I should have maybe I should have Morgan trek over to Jacksonville to, to break into the garage of this house where he was waiting on an there order. There we go. Boom. Oh, I got a nice story on to give you for that. Any, any got let's, a uh, let's, let's do our giveaway real quick because we're starting to wind around the, the clock here. So let's see who's going to win. I love this automated thing. It's like watching the Price is Right wheel roll. <clears throat> and go for it. There we go. Tick, 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 tick. These are these are cool to me. I like watching this. And, Ed, if you win, you don't get it. Don Hartman. All right, Don. So right. if you're in here, Ezra, what's up, buddy? Uh, if you're in here, yep, email Russ at Angry American. And I'm going to make a note so that if I don't hear from you, we will find you. Um, just like the guy that won the uh, IFAC when Bear was on has not reached out to anybody yet, and we're trying to find him and get in touch with him. Really? But if he doesn't don't up, find him, by all means, you have my address. <laughs> Pass that on down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and we're we're I've I actually was chatting with Bear there uh, uh, yesterday. Chuck, we're we're definitely gonna have to have on. Yeah, Morty's Rock weighed sixty five pounds. That was the actual weight weighed. I weighed it, so uh, his bag weighed sixty five pounds. Soon you see, uh, but it would be cool to gear from before the day. Yeah, you can't do stuff like that. I'm just leaving some of these comments real quick. Um, <laughs> I'll take another bear up there. John, you get where can guys find you if they want to get on your waiting list uh for quality gear? Where do they where do they find you at, man? Well plug your plug your stuff. Shameless plug time. I, I don't really have a waiting list because I ain't that far technologically advanced. I'm just a southern redneck, so that's getting above my pay grade. But um I've got two different social media things, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, one to be under either UW gear or the other would be under Alpha Charlie Concepts. UW Gear stuff is pretty much just business-related. Alpha Charlie Concepts is all my other personal stuff that I do. But whenever I do get orders open back up, I'll obviously be making announcements everywhere and putting that out and spreading the word. Well, you make some of the some of the best kit, in my opinion, that's out there. And, and I think a lot of people, um, this is a place they go cheap. Not saying that your kit's expensive, but... You know, they buy the Condor or the the the, the Wish, you know, dot com shit. That's just not gonna perform for them. 
You know, like the, your mag closure that you have on your kit is is awesome to me. The mag pouch closure, the, all the closure tabs you use because they're silent. You can open those things. They don't make any noise whatsoever. And they're not going to come loose. Like they're not going to just pop oh. out of there. I mean, that's been my whole thing the, the, the whole time is to make something that actually works out in the, the bush in the real world. I, I tell people all the time, if you're getting my stuff and expecting to do cool Instagram shorts of your split times, my, my gear is not for you. If no. you're going to actually have to be out there, God forbid, in bad times and bad crap and where you're getting dirty and sweaty and bloody and muddy, that's where my stuff's made for. Yeah. Not, not when you're living in the suck. John, I got a target seven yards away on a square range, but in that 360 degree real world out there where you're, as my drill sergeant said in basic training one time, that when the bullets start flying, you will fit your entire body behind that Kevlar helmet. Yes, you will. That That's yes, something that I, people have to get the, the gear mindset around the, 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 the training mindset as well. And that's where my gear is, is pushed toward. Now I've got a lot of law enforcement, military customers that, that love my stuff and I'm more than happy to, to, you know, to fill those orders. But my gear has always been specifically for, and you've, if you've watched any of my stuff, you've heard me use the term that I never heard anybody use it till I started using it, but I can't say that I invented it. That armed prepared citizen. Mm-hmm. That's who my stuff is oriented and geared toward. That's who I want to try to equip. And, and I admittedly overbuild my gear. I, I won't even pretend to deny that. But my goal is I don't want it to fall apart on you. I want it to last through hard use. And when you're long gone, I want your kid to be able to pick it up and still use it. Nice. Absolutely. Nice. Here's and a your, question. Your stuff will last like that, too. It'll it'll hang in. Because, you know, guys, John doesn't just make this stuff. I mean, you're an Army vet. Um, he trains a lot. Um, he's got his own bug out location and it's a great property that they're developing. You know, you live the life. This isn't, this isn't a hobby to you or, no, or this is not a hobby. This is, this is your lifestyle, how you live. And I've spent time in the field with John and, and would, would take you, I would jump on your team or take you on mine in the blink of an eye without hesitation, you know? And, um, and you know, I'd be there for you too. So exactly. Cause you know, I've been in the woods with him and we've done stuff and we spent enough, enough time talking that that I know I could trust him, that you're reliable, you're a man of your word and all that stuff. So, you know, can't recommend him enough, guys. You really, if you're looking for some gear, check him out. Uh, Emory, you said you had something to say just a second ago before oh, we I was step just out of here. Yeah, I was, I was actually asking John, you were showing us uh, a little chest rig you had there earlier oh, with yeah. that closure. And yeah. A, you know, could you show it to everybody? B, I'm curious. Uh, I'm I'm very curious to try that out. And very specifically, I want to see how that holds up to high winds. Very good. I want to see how it holds up to high winds. Next time I see you, I'll bring you one. I got miles to play with. Jumping out of an airplane. Oh, you want to jump with it. Of course I want to jump with it. That's what I do. I haven't had anybody. Well, I take that back. So I've had guys that have confirmed that it withstands the uh, rotor blast from Blackhawk helicopters when they're boarding and deboarding. And I have had, and I, I don't want to give away too much OPSEC, but I have specifically made some stuff for uh, a couple of SEALs. And I don't even like saying that out loud because too many guys in the gear business like to say, oh, special operations approved. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not banking on that. But I have done some stuff specifically for a few SEALs in years past. And the only thing that I did differently for them to make it jumpable is put an extra piece of webbing across here that when they're jumping, the tuck tab is secured under there and it gives it an extra layer. Once yeah. they're on the ground, then they can pop it out of that and it's it's ready to go. So Love it. I haven't heard them come back and say, hey, this sucked. I lost everything yet. So tell you what, I'll, I'll jump that rig as is. We'll see what happens. I've got one. I've, I've got one, Emory, that uh, next time I see you, I'll show it to you. Nice. Also, that's kind of my personal one that I that I keep. I just brought it in here to use. So. Yeah. I can't wait to have that one. I'll steal well, Chris's stuff, man. I'm shameless. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Fuck it. Yeah. That's why I said I got one. I'll let you play with it. 
Yeah, where's Sue at? Something about a rifle. I figure he would have jumped right on that through a post you know up what? there. You know what? Just, don't bring that up. It's my <laughs> rifle. He brings it up all the time. I had to bring it up. <laughs> all right. So next week's guest, guys, is the Texas Boys. If you don't know who they are, check them out on YouTube. they got a great channel. It'll be, it'll be a fun show on that one. And, you know, you can join Patreon for like a buck, like I said, you know, so you can subscribe to that side over there and you'll be able to catch the the, after, the on the rock show. We also do a Patreon only live on Tuesdays and you can catch that. Um, and that's just me and Mel usually, but who knows, we might throw a guest in there on occasion, get somebody to come in and chat. But uh, other than that, if you guys hop over to Patreon now, get on rumble and you can watch us over there while we do on the rocks, which is usually a little uh, looser than this one. So we'll just put it that way. And you guys know the deal. Lightly. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I said slightly looser. Lightly. T, you got anything you want to close out with, man? No, man. Ed, good show. Great meeting you, John. Would love to see some of your gear once, once you get caught up. If you're able to Never come and hang out, I know you're a busy man. Come see us there October 20th through the 27th there in Harmony, North Carolina. And, 20th and uh, 22nd. Good chit chat. So what's that? Cool. We'll be at 20, what did I say? 27th, 20th, 21st. Yeah, yeah. 20, 20, 21, 22. Isn't that what I yeah. said? Or did I say something? You said 27th. It's a long day, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, this may just be this the slur from lack of sleep. Uh, but that, that good show, guys. Good show. So, and again, guys, to watch the after show, you got to be a patron, <laughs> a patron of my Patreon. And you can join for a dollar. You don't have to pick a level, do it or whatever. Emery, how do you want to close out, man? You know what? I just want to keep America, America. That's all I got. Let's keep doing we what go. we're doing. I like, well, no, let's not keep doing what we're doing. Let's try to do some you know, What better. we're doing, not what they're oh, what doing. We're doing. Yes. What we're doing, yes. Yes. Yeah, not sitting, what in the, sitting in the box seats, throwing peanuts at it. Uh, John, how about you, man? You got anything you want to close out? And guys, the Patreon thing is on the screen, so you, you should be able to see that. Go ahead. Go for it, John. No, I appreciate you having me on. That uh, you know, you and I trying to stay in touch is like darn near a nightmare because yeah. I don't I don't know which one of us is busier, but um yeah, yeah. I will get up and see you though soon because like I said, now that this thing's pretty much wrapped up, um I'm gonna take a, a week off and not be working because I got a few projects around here I need to do and and me and Mel are considering a big change in things that we're weighing the pros and cons of. Um yeah, Patreon should have the link in there. Okay. But anyway, if it's not, I'll make sure it's in Patreon. I'll check that in just a second. Um, there we go. Open the description and the post. That'll get you guys the link. So anyway, we're going to head over to On the Rocks. You guys know the deal. Be good. Be good at it. We'll catch you next time.